The OAM Network is an independently run podcast and live production company in Memphis, Tennessee. TheOAMNetwork.com. Power to the podcast. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Something to Say. I'm Johnny. And I'm with my friend, Sky. Say hi, Sky. Hello. Hi, Sky. And uh, this is the beginning of a conversation, a place for conversation that we want to have with each other and with other guests that may come in from time to time, uh, who we are together, uh, friends of 40 years, um, easily. Plus. Plus. Um, both clergy, both United Methodist clergy. One of us is still active. And I retired this year early um, after uh, 31 years, pension years in, but almost 35. That How many years is that in dog years? Too damn many. <laughs> so uh, what we want to do is talk about things in life that have mattered to us, things in life that have mattered to the work that we've tried to do, Um try to deal with the real implications of what it means to be a clergy person or anybody in a caregiving vocation during this time in the world's life, which is ridiculously crazy. And to go from that to, um, to hopefully open up some thoughts in your own heart and mind about what things are. Sometimes we're going to be really serious. Sometimes we're going to be silly. Um, that's kind of the nature of my relationship with Sky. Might be crass on occasion, too. I suspect. Um, I want to say a word about the title of this podcast. Uh, we use the word two. T-W. Because there's two of us. But something to say comes from, at least in my experience, um, a story or that a former district superintendent of ours and one who was one of my second parents, Reverend Dossie Wheatley, would say about preachers. Now, there are all kinds of jokes about preachers. Uh, and they're all deserved. They are all, all deserved. One, a famous one, has to deal with uh, how are clergy-like manure. It's good when you spread them out, but when you get them too close together, they stink. You got a pile. Yeah. And the other one, uh, which is the point of the title of this podcast, is he would say some preachers have – something to say other preachers just need to say, say something. something and we both know people and love people for whom either side of that equation is appropriate for us however we're looking to be clear about having something to say about whatever it is that we're going to focus on in a given uh, subject matter so as a point of beginning that's kind of who it is, what brings us to this place to get started uh, say a word about myself, and then I'm going to let Scott say a word about himself, and then we'll see where we go next. I am a, a native of the Commonwealth of Kentucky, and I am a preacher's kid. So I've never known life until this year. I've never known life apart from being told by a bishop where I was going to live. When I was a preacher's kid, that meant I just go wherever dad was appointed. And then when I took up the mantle of ministry myself, the same was said for me, that I would go 
where I was appointed. So I've been in ministry a long time. I've served most of my ministry in Memphis and Shelby County. A long time ago, I did several years of ministry in the Fox Meadows area when I was the associate at Asbury. Later, I would come to be the pastor at St. John's in Midtown twice, once from 2001 to 2009, and then in a very unique set of circumstances, I was reappointed in 2014, only to retire this year. Uh, There's a good reason why we don't appoint people back to the same church. I think my early retirement might be an indicator of why that's at least partly true. But in the moment, the time that it occurred, it was seemingly the most needful thing, and I was believing that it was the right thing to do and the right place to go. Really, for me, the only place to go. I am uh, a person who has only found the benefits of therapy late in life after a pretty colossal meltdown. And I am on the road to a recovery that has me uh, more centered and at peace than I think I've been maybe ever, but in a long, long time. Sky's known me a long time and knows all the good, bad, and ugly of it all. So uh, he's kind of my barometer of how I'm doing based on what he sees, and I've I've come to trust that. Uh, Sky and I go back a long way. Uh, we go back to, uh, for those of you who are listening who are from uh, West Tennessee, Western Kentucky, you know what Lakeshore is, and that's the first place I met him back in the early 80s, I'm thinking it was. And we struck up a friendship quickly. Sky's a pretty affable fellow who has many, many friends, and then I became fortunate to be one of them. We went to very different places in our education, and we'll talk about um, seminary education over time. But that was uh, coming back to serve in this place was part of our life together and serving, uh, growing up and taking leadership. Sky uh, still is active in ministry, so I want to be careful about some things I say so as not to get him in trouble. Yeah, we'll be all right. Yeah. So that's kind of where I interface with with Sky, uh, he's been a, a brother I chose across the years, and one whose friendship, even to this moment, is as life giving as any that I might have. So, Sky, tell folks a bit about where you are and how you got to be here. Well, I grew up in uh, Northwest Tennessee, native Tennessean, in the northwest corner of the state. Uh, which for those of you listening, uh, if you're associating us with uh, mountains and hills, you need to go about 500 miles to the east to find those. Uh, my parents uh, were Midwesterners, and my, I was a professor's kid. Uh, Johnny was a preacher's kid. I'm a PK also, but a professor's kid. My father taught small college in Martin and uh, lived there all my life, uh, uh, growing up, I should say, lived there all my childhood and uh, even went to college there. Um, I uh, was raised in a fairly libertarian house when it came to religion. I know that uh, my parents took me to church early on because they had seen other kids who had been taken to church, and they looked like they turned out okay. So that was more of a, a function of uh, raising than it was faith. 
and uh, how I ended up in ministry. That's a, a story for another podcast in the future as well. But uh, that was kind of my raising. Uh, wasn't as nomadic as uh, a lot of those who were preacher's kids. Uh, so uh, I had a, a lot of permanence growing up. And it was, uh, uh, I'd say I lived a very uh, blessed childhood. Uh, my brother and I talk about that. And uh, as much as uh, being raised by Midwesterners can make it a stoic house, it was a very safe house. So uh, we were allowed to explore a lot of things, uh, and because of who our parents were, maybe uh, explore some things other kids didn't get to. Uh, so that that led me uh, to truly uh, go in the ministry because uh, I felt called and led rather than I felt like it was uh, something I had to do. It was something I wanted to do. Um, unlike uh, Johnny, uh, never been appointed in the Memphis area. I've always been uh, either in uh, uh, the middle of West Tennessee or I was up in West Kentucky for nearly 20 years. Uh, the, the regions share some common characteristics, but they're also very different in lots of ways. So uh, I would say that I had a, a varied cultural uh, life uh, going from one extreme to the other, both in politics as well as religion, church, uh, and as so, uh, is so important in this part of the world, uh, athletics and sports and allegiances and that sort of thing. So being in the midst of all that, uh, has been, uh, uh, a charmed life already. And, uh, I'm not quite retired, but I'm getting a lot closer. Uh, so, uh, when I look back, uh, there are some fun things, but there are also some things, uh, that matter. And, uh, those are the things I think we'll find, uh, our listeners hearing about how, uh, both of us, uh, have done some things that mattered and been around some things that mattered. And we do have something to say. Uh, I too, uh, value our friendship. Uh, I know we have music that brings us together a lot, uh, but we also appreciate each other and trust each other. And I think that trust is uh, something that very few folks who have uh, friendships have. Uh, and I would, I would say, uh, we, I'd use the word intimate, which is a word that our society doesn't like, but, uh, it is an intimate relationship because uh, we do know each other well. And uh, not afraid to call each other on the carpet and at the same time not afraid to laugh at each other's jokes, uh, whether they're bad, funny, or uh, not fit to tell. So, uh, And all of that is very possibly going to happen as we take this journey together. I hope so. It's a podcast. Uh, the FCC doesn't have any say, so we can say what we want. There you so, go. Uh, and, the, and we're getting a nod from the booth that that's okay. So we've just, got getting, <laughs> we've just been given license. Speaking about the booth, let me say a word about Gil. I've known Gil a long time. I, I neglected as I was giving my story of where I've served that in the city proper, uh, both in Fox Meadows and in Midtown, but I also served five years in, in Cordova at Covenant United Methodist Church where Gil was the man back in the booth. Uh, he was much younger then, but weren't we both? Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm grateful for – I was always grateful for Gil. Uh, I have memories at times of 
how frustrated I was when things didn't go off in or turn on in the moment that we needed them to. And, uh, I, you know, that I can laugh at all that now. Um, but I'm thankful to be a part of this network that Gil has put together. I've been appreciative of who he is, who his family. Um, um, I know two of your kids. I don't know the third kid, right? Uh, yeah. Well, have, have, you've met my daughter, Adia, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Adia, um, Owen, my son, right. is eight. We adopted my niece, Mia. And now I have a three-year-old little girl named Nora. Right. It's Nora that I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's my homegirl right there. There you go. Yeah. So, Gil, I've invited in at any point to jump in and say a word or to ask questions if if uh, Sky and I get lost in the woods to kind of bring us back. The idea of this podcast was initially mine. I retired in July of 2020 in the midst of the pandemic. The last time I preached in front of people was early March of 2020. So the last several months of my active ministry was my audience was my dog when I got to have her. And also uh, whatever was looking back at me as I stared into a, a laptop camera to offer the word, whatever it was that I was to say or to preach. I, I left the church early, believing it was what I needed to do for me, for my mental health, for my spiritual health, for my physical health. I had some realities around that. Uh, I am where where Scott professes to be libertarian. I am unapologetically liberal. I'm not liberal in all things. Uh, I, I I hold more things in a more orthodox re- reality than most folks would think or imagine. I do believe that orthodoxy has its place. I also believe orthodoxy can be made an idol, which yeah, I've said absolutely. before. So I think some of the discord in the church is having made an idol out of orthodoxy, but that we'll get into that later. But I'll leave the church while at peace with myself with some resentment still toward the church, the institutions and some the the institution of the church and the ways in which the church operates, the way that the church can at times consume its servants and leave us then with no place to go. And that's part of what led me to leave when I did. I, my time at St. John's was, was over. It, it needed to move on for all kinds of reasons. And, um, it was very clear to me that, uh, I had no place to go. What, what I learned though is after saying something or having something to say every week for almost 35 years to go from that to nothing is, um, is it's hitting a it's like hitting a wall at high speed you feel that impact uh, initially i didn't care but then i realized that you know there are things that would happen in the world or f- for which i would most notably uh think about how i would preach that and then i would have no outlet to share it so the thought of doing something like this to at least continue to bring a voice forward my voice my voice that's not uh, coming from the pulpit, my voice that is not coming from the classroom, my voice that is not wrapped up in the performance of the act of preaching, 
but my voice and who I am and what I think about certain things. And in this area of podcasts, because Lord knows there's just a few of those out there, this gives room for that to happen. And I wanted it to be a, a way for me, at least in some cathartic way, to work through some of the stuff that led me to leave the church as I did. And then come alongside to have Sky to be a part of this with me was fun. We both love podcasts. Uh, we're both big fans of Gilbert Godfrey's podcast. And I thought about, is there some way we can replicate some elements of that into this? Uh, so far, we've not even touched it yet, but, uh, we'll get there, but it was a, uh, a way to have fun with each other. And the thought of Sky, who's still active and in ministry to, to have a, a place to share. Sky is modest in his work. Uh, he was, he's a leader. Uh, our claim to fame in 2016 was he ran for bishop and I was his campaign manager. And um, what did we come in, like eighth place? something. Like we that. were in the middle of the pack. We were in the middle of the pack. So that that was as good as we could do. We, we took it and ran. And uh, to, ha- celebrate. To, have, uh, to have a very centrist guy have his campaign managed by a flaming liberal was pretty funny. But uh, we were able to do some good stuff together. And, and it gives us fodder for the rest of our lives. Oh, my God, yes. So we're, we're in great shape. So that's kind of where that comes from. I will say just a little bit more about where I am with the church. I. I am deeply influenced by the life, ministry, and work of William Sloan Coffin. I I find that his understanding of the world when he was he was at Yale uh, as a chaplain, and then uh, most famously the pastor of the Riverside Church in New York for many years. He had a way of speaking to truth to power that most needed to be said. His collected. Writings and sermons from Riverside, I commend. They're, they're available or holler at me and I'll send you some if you want. But one of the things that Coffin would talk about, and, in, and especially coming out of Vietnam, he was talking about his lover's quarrel with his country. He did not hate his country. He was often labeled as one who did in the days of America, love it or leave it. That was not who Bill was. He was um, a lover of his country, and he loved it so much that he felt he had to tell the truth of how he understood the world, and particularly from his faith perspective. And I, I resonate with that because I feel like in many ways I have a lover's quarrel with the church. I Now, in the current moment, I'm probably more pissed at the church than having a lover's quarrel with it, but I can own that. But I see what the church has, has become and uh, and how it touches me personally is really beside the point. That's the stuff that I need to work out in myself. But I've seen the damage the church can do to lots of people. The church I pastored in Midtown for so long, I was told by I, people would come to me who've been damaged by the church because – Theology or scripture had been weaponized to hurt people. And scripture's never meant to be a weapon, ever. So I understand that from that perspective. Uh, I, I, I frame kind of the motto of my life in these last stages of uh, my active work life as a, um, a, a, a statement that Bill Coffin used in one of his sermons. 
that the line from Rene Descartes, Cogito Ergo Sum, which is among the frameworks of the Enlightenment period, I think, therefore I am, for people of faith, for Christians, is not what frames our lives. It is amo ergo sum. I love, therefore I am. That'd make a good tattoo. It did. It actually is tattooed on my arm. My Late in my life, I get this tattoo. Let me tell this story real quick. So, oh, it was two years ago now, almost two years ago in March. I was, uh, or May rather, I was, I've been thinking about having getting a tattoo forever. And right before I was going to get it, I was actually off and I was attending worship at the First United Methodist Church in Jackson, Tennessee, pastored by the aforementioned Sky McCracken. And I got to sit You're by. You're welcome anytime. Yes, thank you. I got to sit by my mom in church on Mother's Day for the first time in forever. And I tell her that I'm going to get a tattoo. Now, in, in the church building, fessing up. Yeah, I'm firmly in my mid-50s. And I tell my mom I'm going to get a tattoo. Now, I grew up with her telling me you can't get a tattoo and you can't ride a motorcycle. And there's some things that your parents tell you early in life, even though you grow up as an adult, emotionally you're still kind of stuck in that space that you were in. And so I was shocked to hear her say, okay, good for you. You know, I've been thinking about getting one too. I said, you're kidding. So I went and got my tattoo and then – she later told me about the one that she got. She got a flower on her she arm. She had one. No, she got a flower. She got it after. She got it time. after. She got a flower on her arm, and she got it at some place in downtown Jackson. Yeah. And um, the tattoo artist, I think, was a little surprised to see a, a woman of her age walk in to want a tattoo. And she said, I bet I, I hold the record of being the oldest person you've ever given a tattoo. And there was no argument from the from that artist. Amo ergo sum is uh, what I've tried to frame my life on, what I try to frame my life on going forward. Actually, that actually sparks a really funny story for me. I actually, when I turned 18, got my first tattoo and told my mother on Mother's Day at Heart Song. (laughs) And she had a very different reaction. She was not very happy about it. I told her, I got, all right, so my was grandfather. That, was that something she'd laid down the law before, or it was like you're fixing No, we a, never talked about it before. Ah. I turned 18. I got a roadrunner on my back. Not like the cartoon one, but an actual roadrunner. My grandfather played drums in a band called the Roadrunners. Nice. And I decided, I we went to church. She worked at Heart Song at the time. Yeah. Uh, and I, it was literally, I think, the day afterwards. No, it was Father's Day, because my birthday's in June. And uh, I told her it was since it was Father's Day. She's usually upset because my grandfather passed away on Father's Day. And I told her and she got very upset about it. But later on, you know, we've talked about it and she understands why I got it and stuff like that. But I told her about it at church as well. Now, I noticed you said your first tattoo. I have four. There you go. Well, I I got a tattoo story, too. Go ahead. Uh, I don't have one. uh, Not because... For any other reason, except I'd be the one out of a hundred thousand who got hepatitis or something from it if I got it. But um, it's church related. Uh, my daughter got one after she turned eighteen. Uh, I did not know about it. 
uh, I think her mother did. Uh, it was not like they really needed my permission because she was an adult. But uh, before I could give the speech about something you can't undo and, and consequences of your actions and stuff, I look and see what her tattoo is, and it's the word agape, and it's in Greek. And I'm thinking, well— I know where she heard that word came out of her old man's mouth. So uh, I just kind of said, well, I'm glad they got all the diacritical marks on it correctly and went on from there. But uh, golly, Moses, we all have a tattoo story, don't we? Yeah, but you don't have ink. so I don't have ink. Yeah. So I can only – I can only, I got no bragging rights. You're right. Well, we can help you out in our, our – where we record at Ohm is inside of Exora, and there's a tattoo artist in this next room. That uh, takes appointments. So if you want to hook yeah. up with him before you, uh, leave, hey, we could well, do that on the podcast. That would be awesome. Well, Absolutely, we'll uh, give that some consideration. <laughs> that means no fucking way. Oh, sorry, <laughs> it's podcast. <laughs> that means no way. <laughs> hey, man, they hurt. Well, you know what? I, See, that's the other thing bef- that hurts. Before, they hurt. That's before I got mine, before I got mine, I was uh, I was talking to. Uh, Steve Selvage, we were working together with the way and because uh, he has ink and I was telling him I was going to get one. And he said, be careful. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, you'll get to where you like that pain. And he's not wrong. They hurt, but you'll yeah. go, but you. There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it too. Like you, you got to make sure that you got like our, I, I never thought about it, but you have to like, you know, eat, make sure you have a full belly because yeah. it can take a lot out of you. I have a sleeve, a half sleeve right Do here. you really? I do. Yeah. I used to work with a tattoo, uh, a tattoo shop and we, I did ads on our network and I got a complete sleeve out of it. And when they did the shading, shading is different than line work because they use a, a needle that has multiple needles on it so they can do the shading. Oh, wow. I almost passed out because I went in there on an empty stomach, like thinking that, you know, I was tough. But yeah, it wore me out. I bet. And I've already had enough crap happen to me. I'll need to self inflict it, but we'll see. Maybe <laughs> a lot of life left. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that happening. Now it's like a dare. See? Yeah. 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 And it's on mic too. So that's I know. Right. I, I, it's two against one too. So I'm probably going to lose. So for this first episode, which has gone to places I didn't expect it to go, but that's, you know, we want it to feel organic in some way. We, we have, at this moment, we've roughed out about 10 episodes to get started and then to see where we are. We invite people to come along with us, um, from the various places that we connect with people in our network to, uh, join us in this, uh, journey. And if you have, Episode suggestions, would be glad to hear them. We're on the Instagram, and are we on the Twitter? What are we on? We have an Instagram set up, something to say, so that's something uh, to is spelled T-W-O, say, and then pod. Something to say pod on Instagram. And then the show will be on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and Amazon. So I guess I might get an Instagram account. I, I guess you are. Yep. But we invite that kind of uh, input. There will be hopefully several episodes, many episodes, where we have a guest that we can talk to and hear what they have to say about something. So that's not just the two of us. 
But to begin, it felt like this was a good way to get started. And what kind of gave rise to it for me, as I as I left the active ministry, I, I've had this moment where I, I I can remember at annual conference when the retirees would get up and have their moment, which at time was times was comical. But more often than not, what I witnessed across my years were clergy who were tired, mm-hmm. many who were angry, worn out, worn out. And it was time to go because they didn't have anything left to give. And I remembered thinking when I was young and when uh, I was the potential for the church, as all of us who are young in that time get get told, some of us come to believe that. Others of us know that that's bullshit from the beginning. But Deep and piled up. Absolutely. So – I'm finding myself that that's where I am, and I retired basically ten years early. That I'm, I'm, I was tired, I was worn out, and I want to figure out why why that's the case because I think that there's got to be a way for which people who give of themselves, not only to the church but whatever your caregiving vocation is, that as much as you give, if you don't practice things to take care of yourself to tend to your own spirit, your own body, your own mental health, you're going to crash. And you can count me the poster child of that. So I I, I want to be a, a resource, hopefully, of encouragement for those who are struggling to help figure out a way to get their feet back under them while they still can and, and carry on an effective and fruitful ministry that may be too aspirational, but if the purpose of this podcast was just to hear me say something, then it's not worth doing. So that that's kind of the stuff that I bring to the table to get this started. And I, I encourage you to be thinking about how any of the things that we talk about, some may connect and some may not, may touch you. We are going to be at some point offering means by which people can support us in our work and the expenses of what it takes to, to do this podcast. And as we continue to build that out, as we kind of begin to wrap this first episode, Sky, you got thoughts? Uh, just that I think it's wise, uh, and I I applaud you, and some would say at an old age, but I think it's a, a, a good age to know who you are uh, before life ends. Uh, and I think some people never do that. And, and I remember, and it was a phrase that somebody gave me when I was, uh, running for bishop. Uh, the role is not your soul. It's probably the wisest thing that anybody ever told me. And to, to embrace that and to know that there is more to life than whatever title you've been given whatever job or role that you've assumed or been assigned uh is a is a is a step of wisdom and maturity that some people can never get to cuz i think it would be to admit that uh there's fallibility and unpredictability in one's life and i i think some people have a hard time saying maybe this is not who i am or maybe this is uh, not for me, or maybe I've had enough. And uh, when I hear you retell your story, because I've heard it several times, I think about my own. I think the only reason 
that I am still engaged in the church in an active role is because uh, I didn't have a I didn't have a crash and burn, uh, but I did have a fender bender when you know when I was about ten twelve years in, and you were there when it happened, mm-hmm. uh, and I I learned that you've got to do some self care. I've learned that you had to sometimes go to that still small place. Uh, where you can get away, uh, you know. If I'm gonna be a be a Bible thumper here for a minute, said Jesus went to a place apart to pray, uh, probably to get away from the idiots that he's around all the time because they wouldn't listen to half the crap he said to them. That's him. right. Uh, so I, I learned that lesson. It doesn't lessen my frustration some with the church. Uh, but I also see myself as, a, a I still have something to give to be an agent of maybe gradual change. Uh, because one of the reasons I think I had to fender bender early on is because I was so impatient that I wanted stuff to happen then. And that if I said it, then it ought to happen, uh, which is terribly arrogant, which most people who are in their early thirties are. Uh, you know everything, and you can't be told anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that may have been my blessing in disguise uh, to have a fender bender like that. But uh, it also makes you eternally vigilant that uh, you are always one step away from going in that abyss. And if you don't surround yourself with things and people that you trust and that are familiar and safe, uh, anybody can do it. And, you know, it doesn't make me any better than you or anybody else. I, I my love hate relationship and it's more hate is more with uh, politics and government than the church. Uh, but I get why some people, uh, say to hell with the church, uh, because uh, that's kind of way I feel like politics. Uh, I, I call myself an agnostic, not because, uh, I don't believe in politics because I know it's present, but uh, I'm a little suspect about the people that are involved in it. Uh, I guess that's the old Gandhi quote. I like your Christ. I just don't know about your Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think there's room for that, uh, and we need to make room for that in the church and outside the church and in society. If If somebody says, you know, I don't buy that. Uh, or it's been my experience that that's pretty much beaten people up. I think we need to give room for that expression. And in the past, that hasn't been done very well. Yeah. And by the way, politics and religion coming soon to an episode near you. Yeah, and in full disclosure, today's Inauguration Day. I don't know when you'll hear this, but uh, it, it's a, it's an interesting day in so many ways. Uh, and uh, – It'll be interesting to see how that conversation goes. But uh, on our inauguration of this podcast, we're doing it on Inauguration Day. So uh, you can't make this stuff up. No, you really can't. So as we kind of bring this to the close of our first go, just to kind of lay it out there, here's who we are. Here's why we're doing this. We learned a little bit about tattoos today. What else have we learned? Well, I, I, you know, I, you, when you retire and you retire early, you grow your hair long, you get tattoos. Uh, I'm waiting for uh, cowboy boots and motorcycles. So, uh, you know, the, the, y'all give me crap about the tattoos. I got a motorcycle. Where are y'all's motorcycles? 
It's on layaway. Yeah, yeah. there we are. Yeah, it's fess up time. You got to have some money for that, dude. I understand. I own, I, what I own currently is a six-year-old car and two-thirds of a pension. So well, uh, I, I have a 10-year-old motorcycle, so there we are. So anyway, thank you for being with us as we start. They're, they won't all ramble like this, but we wanted just to get in the studio and just begin. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll let us know how you experience us, and we look forward to hearing from you next time. Ciao. Something to Say is an OAM Network podcast hosted by Johnny and Sky, produced by Gilworth, logo and design by the OAM Network, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and Amazon. For more information, go to theoamnetwork.com. The OAM Network is an independently run podcast and live production company in Memphis, Tennessee. TheOAMNetwork.com. Power to the podcast.